Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a 7 o'clock on a Thursday night in downtown, smoky downtown Everett, and we're ready for another edition of Prep Sports Weekly, week number two, but we still got a lot to talk about. Tom Laffrey along with Steve Willis here on Caracale, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports and More. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight? Can you breathe? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, <laughs> funny you ask, I went for a jog this morning, and you can definitely feel it in your lungs, and of course... While you're out there, you're kind of thinking about things like what's coming up tonight, doing this radio show, talking high school sports, or lack thereof, if you will. And I did think about that. I was trying to find a, you know, a nice little positive to, uh, to put my mind on in, in this time of pandemic and COVID and everything else. And I guess if there is one, nobody's out here participating in sports tonight and all this, uh, this smoke, right? It right. gives them a little bit of a reprieve <laughs> from this anyway, although... Boy, that's a way of looking at it with rose-colored glasses. And, and, well, and it's 85 wow. degrees. Hey, I, I remember the day I, – I, going back to my football days, they were a long time ago, and my memory's not always that clear, but I do remember hating practice in 85-degree weather. So sure. there is that too, I guess. But Well, a couple of years ago at Aquasox Games, remember, we were this close. In fact, some of the Northwest League teams did cancel games because of the BC's fire smoke from two years yeah, ago. Yeah, if you get to a certain level uh, – Games are put off. Games are delayed, and yeah, we uh, I, we don't have to worry about that this weekend. So I guess there we go. I'm I'm really stretching for a positive there. Having said all that, I wish we were in a much different world. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, I guess if you're trying to take positives out of so many negatives, there's something there. I think. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood by the Snohomish County PUD and Glass by Lund. Who do we? Got on the show tonight. We're going to have three different guests on the show, two of which uh, come from the football background, if you will. We'll have an interesting conversation about that very thing, whether or not there should be football or not this fall. We're going to start off with Ryland Spencer here in a few moments. Ryland is from Cascadia Preps. He's, I guess, what, the president, CEO, head prognosticator. He hosts a podcast chief, there. Chief he's a cook and bottle washer. He's a custodian there. I think he... Uh, you know, he's the IT guy on the website. He does a little bit of everything. In all seriousness, Ryland is kind of the uh, – he's the guru of high school football in the state of Washington. He's the guy that we've had on this show many times, uh, probably our number one guest we've had in the last three or four years. I know we've – I know there are stats for that. I haven't yeah. bothered to look them up. We talked to him as much as Donald Trump talks to Bob Woodward, frankly. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe more in some ways. But wow. okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, right? But no, we, we've talked to him numerous times, so we'll, uh, we'll get his take on some of the things going on. He's also a consultant for Russell Wilson Academy. So we'll, he's also – he writes reviews for Burger Bastard, which uh, talks about all the local – Eating spots in in the state, so we'll we'll catch up with Ryland on a number of things. When you have Ryland Spencer on the air, you don't even have to write out questions. You just kind of let things kind of go where they they may, and just kind of let the conversation flow. And it's always fun. It's always a good time. And we'll talk to him certainly about some of the uh, the high school football that's not uh, happening in the state of Washington right now, and get his take. Uh, coming up on a later segment, we're going to talk to Josh McCarron, senior at Archbishop Murphy High School. He was the Everett Herald Defensive Player of the Year last year as a junior. Uh, he's already committed to playing football at Virginia next year. 
And Josh was also part of that student athletes of uh, student athletes of Washington group that sent out that uh, that petition last week for uh, Washington State government trying to uh, get football and all other fall sports reinstated. So we'll talk to Josh a little bit about uh, their trip down to Olympia last week and where that petition went. And we'll also talk uh, in terms of what he's doing to get ready for football and why he chose Virginia. I mean, we, we knew he was looking at Virginia Tech last year. Uh, he's going to go be a Cavalier next year. So we'll talk to him about that. And then later up on the show, uh, we're going to do a, uh, a Where Are They Now type of a segment, which we've been doing a lot of over the last six months. And this, this is a fun one for us, a gentleman we've gotten to know fairly well over the last few years, uh, Jordan Brysich, or Jordy Brysich, from Jackson High School mm-hmm. over in Mill Creek, uh, class of 2017. He is now a golfer at the uh, University of Rhode Island. And uh, the main reason we wanted to have Jordy on when we did, he played in the Northwest Open Invitational last month over in Walla Walla, very prestigious golf tournament around here. 168 golfers, most of which were pro golfers, and he finished third in the entire tournament. So I wanted to catch up with Jordy, find out what he's up to, and to not not only talk about the golf tournament itself, but also how he ended up at Rhode Island and how things are going there. So we'll talk to him uh, in the latter part of the show. And today's show brought to you by the Buzz In Steakhouse, by the law office of Russell Hill, and by Screen Printing Northwest. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. Let's talk Cascadia preps with the one and only Ryland Spencer. Ryland, how in the heck are you right now? Well, let's see. I've got football on one channel. I've got hockey on the other channel. I mean, I'm talking to you guys, so obviously that's a great thing. I mean, I, I got it all going right now. So where do we rank in those three right now? If you had to think you're, that you're well, most I've excited got, about versus the uh, the third on the list. How about this? I've got the TV on mute. That should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so you're watching a little hockey tonight. I guess we'll just get this one out of the way early because I know you're a hockey fan. Well, first of all, before I ask you for a Stanley Cup prediction, and we will talk football eventually here, I promise, I know you're a, you're a big fan of the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. Is that correct? I am. I am. Uh, you're on an Everett radio station. But... Life, life, lifelong, actually. So. so go ahead and just let us know right now because I know you're going to be extremely objective when you answer this, right? Would the Everett Silvertips <laughs> have won the Memorial Cup this year? Um, the answer no. is yes. And 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 honest, honestly, I think Portland was the better team in the U.S. division. Um, but there were some good teams out east also. I think Prince Albert was very good. So, uh, you know what though? In the WHL playoffs, you never know. I mean, the, the one year Seattle made it to the WHL finals, I think we finished third in the conference and then ended up winning the conference and making it. Um, you know, before losing to Brandon in the finals, but uh, yeah, um, I, I think they could have. I think they absolutely could have. They're definitely good enough, and they have <laughs> tremendous coaching and. And good goaltending with uh, Dustin Wolf, so they they could have done some things. Well, and it's I, I know you feel exactly the same we do. We were watching Carter Hart play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Matthew Barzal, he's the star of the New York Islanders. Yeah, and a, for, you know, and a former so, Thunderbird. Yeah, and so here's the thing with with me when it comes to the to the Western Hockey League. Okay, I don't like Portland and I don't like Everett, but once a player leaves the WHL, I love him. He's a dumb. I mean, he's a dumb as long guy. As they, as, <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm a WHL fan. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a junior hockey fan kind of in general, but um, as long as they're not playing for the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm going to like every <laughs> player. And, uh, you know, so watching Carter Hart this year, I thought it was great. You know, I remember watching him when he was like 15 years old at the, uh, the Everett preseason tournament and just thinking to myself, you know, Seattle's in a lot of trouble for a few years because this Hart kid was really, really good. And so, it's it, you know, it's fun to watch him do do well in the NHL and 
you know, obviously with Matthew Barzal, that was a kid that, I mean, right from the start, the, the second he stepped foot on the ice, you know, he instantly became one of our favorite players. And so I've actually gone up to Vancouver uh, the last couple of years to see him play when the Islanders come to town. That's how much we love Matthew Barzal uh, being Thunderbird fans. Okay, so now speaking of Matthew Barzal, give us your Stanley Cup prediction. Well, they don't have a chance. The Islanders don't. <laughs> Look, I, I actually picked um, I actually picked Tampa Bay at the beginning of all this. I think they're the best team. Um, they didn't play great in the round robin. They played good, but not great in the round robin. But I, I thought all along they were the best team, and they got the best goaltending in my eyes. And frankly, they they can play top to bottom with anybody. So I'll, I'll I think I'm going to have to stick with Tampa Bay. Unfortunately, even though they knocked my Bruins out of the playoffs. Uh, okay. And you know, last night you were we were all ready for overtime. <laughs> yeah, so was I. And I'll tell you what, that was a heck. I don't know who had the pass on that on that goal, but that was an unbelievable pass. I mean, to be able to see the guy on the other side of the ice when there's as much traffic as there was between uh, you know the guy throwing the pass and the guy taking the shot, it was pretty unbelievable. Okay, so there's your hockey prediction. Now let's talk a little football. You're a guy who travels as much around the state as anybody to watch high school football games. You're going near and far to each corner of the state, whether it's 4A, whether it's 2B, you're going to go there, whether it's a Wednesday night or a Saturday. And yet on Friday night of last week, I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing you stayed home unless you made the trip to Idaho or Utah or somewhere else. So what was Friday night like for you knowing that, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but was the Kennedy Catholic, Eastside Catholic game originally scheduled for last Friday? Because I would assume yeah, you were going to be there, last right? Friday. Uh, maybe, maybe not. So here's the the thing about that game is it is my understanding is it was going to be played at CenturyLink Field, and it was going to be on ESPNU. Um, and if that was the case, then I definitely wasn't going to be there because I could watch the game later online. So I would go, I would go somewhere else and watch a game that I can then come home and watch film of the other game. So um, last week, actually, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I'm I, I think I'm right because I saw the schedule initially. I believe last week would have been Hoquiam versus Aberdeen. And if that's the case, then that's where I would have been. Um, I go down every year now, and I don't think I would have changed. Um, but, yeah, that's it's pretty tough to pass up that Kennedy Catholic, Eastside Catholic game. But when it's a game that's going to be on TV, I'm always going to go somewhere else. Well, and I was over in central Washington this past weekend at a family member's cabin, and they just happened to get the Spokane channels over there. So I turned on the news on Friday night, and I thought, you know, for the sports report, they would catch up with the Mariners and talk about the Seahawks, you know, game coming up next week. And lo and behold, they were showing high school football highlights because, of course, in Spokane, they just drove a few minutes to the east and over the border, and they were into Idaho, and they were showing all the Idaho games. And it was a bit tough to watch. I'm not going to lie. I kept thinking, ah, they're playing and we're not I wish the the world was different right now. I wish we were all healthy, obviously, and I, we can get into that whole argument. But it is a little difficult for a lot of our athletes around here and a lot of the parents and folks like yourself to know that football is going on and we're we're kind of on the sidelines here waiting this thing out. Is it difficult for you when you're doing your analysis and you're looking around and you're seeing football in other parts of the uh, country and we're up here kind of waiting until the spring? You know, um I didn't think it was going to be too hard on myself. And frankly, I, I don't think I'm like, I, I think I'm like the least of anybody's worries and should be. I mean, at the end of the day, the athletes are the ones that are taking this the hardest right now. I, I will say that when I, the first weekend that I noticed it was like, I think two weekends ago and I happened to turn on, I think it was like the stadium network or something, some network I've never even heard of, didn't even know I had. And all of a sudden here's, 
like Creighton prep versus Omaha South or something from Nebraska. And I'm watching it going, wait a minute, this is live. These dudes all got masks on, you know, like I was like, Oh man, this is a little bit harder than a little bit harder than I originally thought. But, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to stay optimistic and positive, especially for the athletes, because at the end of the day, you know, and I think the hardest thing, and this kind of goes with, with recruiting, the NCAA is not going to wait on anybody. Um, You know, so there's, there's other States that are, recruiting you know are able to send recruiting videos you know so idaho they're a couple of weeks into their season now and those kids are out there putting together two three week highlight films and they're able to send it to colleges and you know our guys back here you know they're working out and posting stuff on twitter you know so it's it's kind of hard to watch um i also don't know what the answer is i mean I, i would like to just say hey let's open it up and play football and you know i was down at the thing in olympia last week and while I think it was a good thing for us to do and, you know, maybe, you know, I've seen some other states have a lot more student athletes than what were down in Olympia last week. Um, you know, and it's worked and, and, I, and some of those states have overturned. Um, at the same time, I, I mean, health officials make rulings for a reason. And, you know, I'm sure the governor is not just sitting there making a decision for no specific reason. I mean, I'm sure he's getting information from people and, you know, that's why he's making his decision. And at the end of the day, I don't know that there's a whole lot anybody can do about it. I mean, yeah, we can go down and march on the the steps down there in Olympia, but I don't know that it's going to help. You know, if anything, I hope that what last week did was really solidify the fact that we can play in the spring. I mean, I, you know, the one thing that I guess other states playing games right now can do for us is it can give us data and give us you know, uh, a trial and error that, you know, uh, Utah and Idaho and Montana, they're, they're kind of playing for us right now so that we can play in the spring almost in a way, which, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have Josh McCarron coming up on the show later tonight. I know Josh was part of that group from Josh is from Archbishop Murphy. It's the student athletes of Washington or saw S A W. And I know that they floated around this petition. They want to try to get fall sports reinstated, I think they have over 25,000 signatures last time I checked. What did that accomplish? I have really, honestly, I'm asking because I haven't really heard a lot since they went down. I mean, I watched on the news that night, saw, matter of fact, I even recognized a few of our players locally here walking with their uniforms on, everybody walking up the steps. Some were masked, some were not, and that's another story. But what ultimately did they get accomplished by going down there? Did, did anybody come out and talk to them? Do we know if there's been any kind of ramifications, positive or negative, since, since last Thursday? So one thing I do know is that nobody nobody came out and said anything. There was no, um, I mean, I guess you'd say face-to-face, but it probably wouldn't happen that way anyway. But um, nobody came out. It was just kind of a, a, a march where, you know, a, a lot of different student-athletes. And, you know, I look at somebody like a, like a McCarron, and I think to myself, that's a kid that doesn't need his senior season. You know, at the end of the day, he's committed to Virginia. He's going to go to Virginia and play football, whether or not he plays his senior year. So, for somebody like him to be out there, you know, speaking, I think that that shows a lot. And, you know, I, I applaud those, those young men. And there was also a, um, a girl soccer player that was out there. I believe she was from skyline. So, you know, great work on their part. I don't know that it had much of an effect. I know that there was supposed to be a meeting. Um, I don't know exactly who it is that would have been meeting with the student athletes, but it was somebody from government of some sort. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but, um, I don't know what's come of that meeting. And frankly, you know, like I said, if anything comes out of it, I hope that it 
solidifies the fact that we could play in, in the spring as opposed to not potentially playing at all. We, we've talked about it a little bit. And I know you touched upon it a few minutes ago, but the fact that we are going to play in the spring now, assuming we do, how much of an impact does that truly have on? I mean, I've got to think, obviously, like you said, the guys like the, the Josh McCarrens of the world, if you've got that D1 scholarship and you're signed, sealed, and delivered, you don't need your season. Granted, you'd still like to have it and for, for various reasons, but the, the, the player that's on the bubble right now that you know colleges aren't quite sure, they want to see a little bit more of him, they want to, they want to get a better feel for what he can do his senior year versus his junior year, how much of an impact is that going to have? Because in some regard, you say that colleges will move on, but at the same time, we're still a hotbed of, of football up here in Washington State, and so are some of the other states that aren't playing. You'd be crazy if you're a college not to keep a few roster spots open for some of these guys, right? So, And I know you work with a lot of these players in trying to get some of their footage out to, to various colleges throughout the country. So talk a little bit about that, too. What kind of an impact is this having on them? You know, it's hard. It's it's kind of one of those case by case things where you know, for some guys, it's it. Look, uh, we'll just say you know, a, a guy like Tanner Jellison at, at Lake Stevens, you know, he's got a lot of film from last year. He threw for over three thousand yards, but there's other quarterbacks or other guys at, at different positions that, you know, maybe they were hurt or maybe they you know transferred in from a, a different area or maybe academically they weren't right, so they weren't able to play. So the guys that don't have a lot of film. Is, is are the ones that it's especially hard on right now. Um, but you're you're right in a way, you know, so these these colleges it's it's interesting because these colleges, you know, they have to go with what they see and, and what they're able to see. And the fact that athletes aren't able to get on campus right now, I spoke to a coach today, a division one coach from the Midwest, and you know, he said to me, he said, you know, it's hard for us to offer anybody from the state of Washington right now because we would like to get them on campus and see how they feel, uh, you know, about being here because it's, it's a long ways away from home, you know? So there are some major disadvantages, but for the most part, unless you're in a state where you're playing and you're able to put together film, everybody's kind of in the same boat. So when you talk about like an Eastern Washington university, let's say they offer a ton of guys from our state, you know, most years they sign, you know, around 25 players, and I would say 23 or so are from the state of Washington. So I don't think they're just going to go away from the state of Washington and start offering a bunch of kids from Montana, Idaho, and Utah. But for a kid from the state of Washington that maybe is that bubble guy, yeah, it's it's tough right now. You know, they they don't have the ability to put together film, and they're seeing guys from other states that don't have offers that are all of a sudden picking up offers, and they're you know, three, four weeks into their season. So, you know, it's, it's really hard. I, it's, you know, I spoke to the Monroe football team a few nights ago, or um, I think it was Tuesday night. I spoke to them and, you know, it's hard. There's just, there aren't a lot of answers and the NCAA, as far as I know, has not made a decision yet as to when signing day is going to happen. And, you know, if signing day happens on February, uh, I think it would be sixth or seventh this year. I can't remember exactly early the first Wednesday in February, if signing day happens on that date, um, it's going to be really hard for athletes in our state that are on the bubble to make that jump when our season happens. You know, we haven't even started practices by that point. So well, I, it's it's kind of hard. I, I, I don't really have an answer for anybody. You know, it's really strange. Well, the kids you feel worse for are roster spots. Let's You, you brought up Lake Stevens. Roster spots six through 100. 
the kids that are not going to go play college football, they're not getting a senior yeah. season, and that's it. They're done with football. Yep. Well, those well, kids will still get know, their season in theory, though. Well, sure, but you know, <clears throat> we're talking about the kids that are trying to get into colleges with their right. Yeah, right. But I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, the but only, again, we're yeah. also talking about Steve. One of the things you're also talking about here, though, is that's that's you say they get their season. That's assuming we do play in the spring. Sure, right. sure. I mean, like, yes, I, I would like to think it's going to happen, but at this point, I, you know, if you would have told me in May that we weren't going to play in the fall, I probably would have said I, I don't know that I agree with that. You know, by the time we hit July, though, I was like, yeah, we're definitely not playing in the fall, you know, and you kind of start to feel it. And so, yeah, I mean, look, we any of us that played football, we all look back and go, you know, man, I wish we wish could have had one more year with the boys, you know. And, you know, Tom, I, I think you're there's a point to that. You know, those guys that aren't going to go on it, it you know, it, it, it might not be the same, you know, because if there are guys, I mean, here's another thing to think about, too, that, uh, you know, if signing day is in um early february <laughs> here was my next question yeah go ahead if, do if you, a kid's do you fine, opt out yeah are you gonna play i mean there's already been an announcement from quite a few kids will law um who's going to the university of washington julian simon who's going to usc they've both already said that they're not going to play their senior years kind of no matter what since it's not happening in the fall and so you know i mean it's it's kind of interesting you know there's there's so many things that Frankly, it's happening, and we've never had to experience it before. You know, like, sure, the world has experienced pandemics before, right? We all know about the Spanish flu. But that didn't really affect college recruiting, or if it did, we don't know how it did. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who, who would have been the coach at Notre Dame back then, Newt Rockney or somebody. I don't know if it, like, stopped him from recruiting kids. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's just one of those things that we've never experienced before, and I, I hope that we never have to go through it again. But it's kind of been on the radar, it's kind of been the the kid from the college that's not going to play in the weed eater bowl because he doesn't want to get hurt for his NFL chances. Now, if it's if, yeah. it's if it's Alabama playing for the national championship, you're playing. But if you're playing in the in Boise, you're not going to play. And we've seen yeah. that we've seen that in the high school level. We've seen guys not opt out of playing in um, football playoff games two years ago. <laughs> yep, and that's the that's the thing that's you know look at the end of the day, people think further ahead, you know, and I don't blame them. I mean, look, if, like I said, if you're already committed to a college, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't blame any kid for not, um, not playing his senior year. I mean, look, nowadays things have moved so much faster than they did before. And so for a kid like a Josh McCarron, if he was to play his senior year after signing day and get hurt, um, who's to say that he's going to play in the fall next year for Virginia? Well, you know as well as I do, if you have a chance to play as a freshman, that's kind of a kind of a big deal, you know. And yep. I don't know if he's one of those guys, but there's a lot of guys that are going to be in that boat. They're, they're going to have to make that decision, and it's tough. Again, we, you know, we've never been through something like this before. Right. Well, and you know what's what's really tough right now from a football stand standpoint here, fo- football fan standpoint. Let me try saying that again. 2020 was shaping up to be one of the better years we've ever seen around here in Washington State in terms of some of the talent that. Uh, we have for the class of 2021, right? I mean, it's about as deep, especially when you're starting to look at five-star and four-star athletes. It feels to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, that we have more of those than we've ever had in this state. We're, we're, uh, we were looking at a, a fairly uh, historic year, p- potentially, weren't we? I mean, if this had all gone as planned originally and if the fall was what we originally hoped it would be. Yeah, I don't know if Brandon Huffman would agree with this, but I'm pretty sure he would. 
the 2021 recruiting class as a whole in the state of Washington is probably the best we've ever seen. I mean, when you, when you talk about JT Tui Malau, who is the number one player in the country, and Emeka Ibuka, who I believe is the number one receiver in the country, and Sam Heward, he's probably the number one quarterback. I mean, the amount of top-end talent is absolutely unbelievable, but the depth is there too, you know? And when you talk about, let's say, um, you know, uh, Snohomish County specifically, you've got, you know, a Josh McCarron, you've got a Tanner Jellison, a uh, guy I really like out at Monroe, Trey Lane. It, that, that dude is really, really good. And that's somebody, when I look at him as a player, he kind of reminds me of like a Tyreek Hill. That's a kid that absolutely needs a senior season. You know, Jojo Ennis at Archbishop Murphy, uh, Max Manoa, tight end at Lake Stevens, another one. Cameron Hunter, who stepped in and, and you know, played for Devin Kalini last year at left tackle. He got some good film last year, but that's a guy that if he put up another great year, I think he's a young man that absolutely Division Two schools should be looking at. But he's probably a guy that could even sneak into the lower parts of Division One if he was able to go to a camp season and, you know, head out to Eastern Washington and head to Idaho State and, you know, these different big sky schools. With the way that he plays, he absolutely could have. Another young man that I really, really like, Jordan Sims at uh, Motley Terrace, Steve, your school. I've seen seen you Sims know, many times, foot. yeah. Yeah, six foot, one ninety five. I mean, just an athlete. You know what I mean? He he can play so many different positions. Uh, I think I believe he's a three sport athlete. He's got like a three point five GPA, very good GPA, very good athlete. I mean, so much to like about that kid. And now we're looking at it, going, man, is this kid gonna gonna get his true shot? And you know, again, it's unfortunate. <laughs> the, the names that everybody knows are the names that um, are going to be just fine in this. And there's a lot of guys that. Um, absolutely need a senior season to kind of get some things going. And then, you know, one of the other things that kind of gets overlooked at times is the 2022 recruiting class, the kids that were going to be juniors this year, this is kind of an important year for a lot of these guys, you know? So a, uh, a Colton Johnson at Archbishop Murphy, I don't know if that kid could have, like that family has had the worst luck ever. They had, you know, uh, older brother um, Connor was the senior quarterback for the Archbishop Murphy team when they were receiving all those forfeits. So he missed a lot of games his senior year that he didn't get to put on film. He did get a state title, though, so we'll give him that. He did. He did, <laughs> and he played very well. And, and, and look, I know he, he, he went to Whitworth. I believe he's a senior this year. So for him, that's the second time now his senior year has been, you know, kind of dismantled by, you know, stuff that was, with, you know, out of his control. But then you have a young man like a Connor Owens out of Monroe, 6'5", 3'15", I believe is what we have him listed at. This is a kid that put together a really nice film as a sophomore, if he had another year where he could really put together some great film, I think the sky's the limit for that young man, you know? So it's not just the seniors that are affected. It's everybody. Um, you know, Nate Elwood at Marysville Pilchuck, another one, really big fan of that kid just needs more film, you know, and needs to be able to attend some camps. And so, you know, it's hard to watch. It's, it's hard to see all these athletes that just want to compete. And again, like I said, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I'm no, I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist, but, um, you know, I, I know my way around uh, a football field and how to eat a burger, and that's about all I can give and, you. And you do both of those very well, by the way. <clears throat> hey, uh, you talked about <laughs> many of our local Snohomish County football players. How about the teams? Did you get a chance to, uh, or had you gotten around to start to look at some preseason rankings? I know obviously a little more difficult being that we didn't have summer camps this year. We didn't have spring uh, practices, and obviously we haven't had fall practices either. But I'm, I'm sure knowing what kind of talent was coming back, 
had you started to put together some of your makeshift top 20s or top 10s? And if so, what kind of uh, outlook would we have had for Snohomish County in and around here? So I didn't get into it as deep as I normally do, but some of the teams that I know would have been, uh, one, I know Lake Stevens would have been in the top 10. Um, that I can guarantee you. They probably would have been in the, say, 5 to seven or five to eight range um i mean they have a lot to replace next year obviously with their offensive line um but it seems like you know it just kind of always happens with them where they replace everybody and they're just fine um i think marysville pilchuck would have been up there in the 3a i think monroe probably you know they got some things that they need to replace but i think they would have been just fine uh archbishop murphy definitely would have been uh, they probably would have been right around four or five uh, in my top ten, but um, other than that, it's probably I would say it's probably just those um, just those four or five teams. Glacier Peak, another one actually that I really like. Uh, they have uh, quite a few guys coming back with uh, Tyson Lang and and uh, Ryan Black and Ryan Kinney and Matthew Torgerson. They I think they had a lot of talent, and um, you know hopefully that's a a group of guys that get a play in the in the spring and, and can do some good things because I think that they're all capable of playing college football. Man, Monroe's a hot take. Yeah. There, right. there were some you know seniors what? on I'm... that squad last year. Oh, yeah. No, here's the thing about Monroe. So, one, there's definitely talent going through that program. I think that program is one that's going to be good for quite a long time. I really like their new head coach, um, Scott Darrow. I, I think he's – I think he was. A, I think it was a good hire for them to, um, you know, move him right into the position. And I think that they return enough pieces that I just think they're going to be good. You know what I mean? Like they're I, look. They're not. It's so hard because obviously they're not Lake Stevens. Where like it seems like every year there's like five guys from Lake Stevens that we just go, who the heck is this guy? And you know he steps in for a guy that was like first team all league, and you know he turns out to be really good. I don't know that they're like that. But it seems like every year guys pop up that were kind of, you know, we didn't know about that. I mean, Trey Lane last year, I didn't really know who he was. And I see him in the game against Lake Stevens where he catches a little, like, three, four-yard out route and then takes it, like, 80 yards to the house. Um, you know, guys like that, guys that just pop up every single year. And I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Monroe's got a couple of those guys that are ready to step in and, and play this year. And I know we're going a little long here, so I'm going to keep this one short. But I want to give you four names here really quick and just have you give us uh, just general thoughts and assessments here. Jacob Eason, Jake Luton, Devontae Downs, Miles Gaskin. Four Snohomish County guys all making NFL rosters. I think Devontae, I think, is even going to start for the Giants on Sunday night from what I'm hearing. Kind of a big deal right now up here in this neck of the woods for us to get that many on to uh, NFL rosters to start a season. I'll tell you what, it's it's a big deal to have – as many guys as we have in the state right now, you know, there's so many names from around the state that are playing in the NFL. And, you know, I think you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. Snohomish County is, there's so much pride in the County for people that come for that, from that County, you know, and it's, it's so much fun to watch, especially a young man like a Devonte Downs who worked so hard, you know, to continue to stay on an NFL roster. I think he's just getting better and better as he goes. And so, I'm I'm excited. I mean, the NFL, you know, there's a game going on right now. I don't even know what the score is because I got the hockey game on, but there's you know, so much so much excitement just in general to see obviously real, you know, live sports, but anytime you get uh anytime you get those local guys where you get to see them on, you know, NFL on Fox or on CBS, I think it's just really cool. I mean, myself, it's 
it's just like I talked about with the WHL. Once they leave the state of Washington or they go on to whatever college, I don't really care. I love them. I want every kid in the state to succeed. And it's just so much fun to watch. Well, we always enjoy talking with you. Ryland, I wish we had more time because we could continue this, but I have a feeling we'll check in with you again at some point this fall to kind of get your uh, your gauge as to where things are and how you're feeling about everything. And we didn't even talk about hamburgers this time around, so we'll save that until next time. But Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps, before we let you go really quickly, how can people follow your work and how can people hear your podcast? You can find me on Twitter at Ryland Spencer, R-Y-L-A-N-D-S-P-E-N-C-E-R, or Check us out at CascadiaPreps.com. It's part of the 247 network. Head over to the message boards, and you can, I think it's like the fourth article down, you can get a free um, free account on our site and, and join the message boards and talk football with people from around the state. Excellent. Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There you go. That is Ryland Spencer, and we'll take a break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk with Josh McCarran from Archbishop Murphy. We'll do that next right here, Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Due to poor air quality, KRKO is suspending the playing of these songs. for your understanding and hope you enjoy the environmentally friendly versions of Everett's greatest hits from KRKO. One thing that's helped get through these challenging times is a sense of community. Since 1967, Glass by Lund has been an important part of this community. They've been a major supporter of local high school sports as well as the Everett Aqua Sox. And even though the Aqua Sox won't be playing this year, Glass by Lund wants the Sox and all our community to know that they're here for you no matter what. Baseball in Everett will be back and Glass by Lund looks forward to being a part of it. For the best price, value, and installation since 19. 19- 67 it's been glass by lund online at glassbylund.com pad your pockets this september at Tulalip resort casino join the progressive payouts each week for big cash 13 winners every monday will grab their share of progressive cash up to twenty-five thousand dollars raid the campsite for weekly bonus free play or cash earn at least 500 points every wednesday and pocket up to a thousand bucks Find all the details online or download the One Club Go app today. We interrupt this broadcast for a special announcement from Jimmy Peppers. Bacon, cheesy nuggets of goodness. You start with jalapeno cured bacon, add six kinds of cheese, Johnny's garlic seasoning, chives, and hash brown potatoes. Jimmy Peppers makes that into nuggets, then they roll them in a special breading and fry them up crispy golden brown on the outside and loaded with bacon and ooey gooey cheese on the inside with some chipotle ranch sour cream for dipping. Bacon, cheesy nuggets of goodness at Jimmy Peppers and locally brewed craft beer. Simply perfect. Jimmy Peppers, Tulalip and Everett, different on purpose at jimmypeppersonline.com. 
Now I'm hungry for some Jimmy Peppers. That did sound good, didn't it? <laughs> I was listening to that, too. <laughs> Welcome back. We, we got Ryland Spencer talking football, and I start to get edgy for football. Then you got the Jimmy Peppers commercial and everything I don't have in front of me right now, all, all in one radio show. That's Steve Willits. I'm Tom Lafferty. This is Prep Sports Weekly here on Carrickville. Everett's greatest hits sports some more. Let's keep talking some football. Indeed. And uh, we mentioned him a couple of times, or Ryland mentioned him a few times yeah. uh, just a few moments ago on the last segment. Josh McCarron joining us. And just a reminder for everybody, Josh is a senior at Archbishop Murphy High School, was the 2019 Everett Herald Defensive Player of the Year as a junior. So that's impressive. And if that's not impressive enough, how about this? 21 sacks. His junior year, keep keep that in perspective. The Seahawks had 28 sacks as a team last year in 16 games. So Josh, better player than the Seahawks. That's how I like to look at it anyway. <laughs> okay. But uh, we're going to have Josh on for a couple of reasons. We're going to talk about his trip down to Olympia in a minute. But first, Josh McCarron, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Glad to have you on. And I, I was going to save this for later on in the interview, but let's just get right to it because you sat in this chair that I'm looking at across for me back in December – we had you in along with Dallas Landeros, who was the Offensive Player of the Year, and we were talking about colleges, and you and your dad, I think, at that point, had just recently come back from a trip to Virginia Tech, the, the Hokies. So we thought maybe we were going to get a Virginia Tech announcement. You didn't go Virginia Tech, but you stayed in the state of Virginia. You're going to the University of Virginia. I didn't even know that was on your radar, so let's just get right down to it. How did the Cavaliers come into the, uh, the picture, and what led to that decision? Uh, honestly, it, it just came completely out of left field. Um, I think a lot of most people thought I was either going to Wazoo or Cal. Um, those were the two top schools. And to be honest, I was ready to commit to Cal um, going into it. And then my mom and I just had a pretty life-changing Zoom call with the Virginia staff. Um, they had the, my position coach on there. Uh, the head coach hopped on, Bronco Mendenhall. Um, my academic support staff that would be uh, for me as an outside linebacker there. And they just broke down my entire career and pathway um, through the University of Virginia. And it was just, it was incredible. So do we call that a, call, do we call that a full court press? Is that what they did? Yeah. <laughs> Sales pitch right yeah. there. Yeah. Now, they're, is, they're that Ke- is that Kelly Papinga, the, uh, the outside linebackers coach? Yes, sir. Yeah, who played in the NFL, so that doesn't hurt either, right, when your position coach is a former NFL football player? Not in the slightest. <laughs> well, talk about that a little bit, because Bron- Bronco Mendenhall, who d- folks that don't know, longtime head coach at BYU, was originally from, well, went to college at Oregon State. He's from, I think he's from Utah. So you've got some Utah-Oregon connections, I think, throughout that entire staff, and yet there aren't very many West Coast football players over there. So did that help a little bit, knowing that these guys – have a little familiarity with, with this part of the country? It did. Um, and that's one of the things that kind of set them apart is um, they were they were so honest and genuine with everything. And um, I was able to connect with them on a deeper level about, like, what the West Coast really is and everything. It wasn't just blind shot recruiting from a completely different part of the country. Like, they knew what they were talking about. Um, and so it, it was just – it was incredible. Yeah, and uh, now, now also noting that Virginia is kind of on the up right now. I mean, this is a team that I think they won the Coastal uh, 
division last year, played in the ACC championship game. It's a Virginia team that when I was a kid, they would have, you know, I'm going to name names you've never even heard of, like Herman Moore and Ray Roberts, who's still in town, and Sean Moore and Terry Kirby. There were some really good teams back in the day, the Barber Twins. Um, Virginia, not exactly a team that uh, a high school student would have been watching a lot of over the last seven or eight years, maybe up until last year, the year before. They knocked off Virginia Tech last year for the first time in like 15 years. Did, did that factor in as well, the fact that this is a team that seems to be on the rise? I mean, obviously you want to connect with the coaches on a deeper level, but it doesn't help that they're having some success too, right? Yeah, that's actually what kind of caught my attention to the school. Um, the Virginia Tech visit kind of set my heart. and I, I loved the state of Virginia. It was, it was gorgeous. And then I started to kind of pay attention to Virginia Tech. And then Coach Shane Hunter actually DM'd me couple nights later from, that I got home from the Virginia Tech visit and I was like huh Virginia and then a few weeks later I see them playing in the Orange Bowl against uh, Florida and I was like okay they're legit and um, ever since then they were kind of the the outlier but they were always there for me and so it was like seeing that they're on the uprise it, it makes that program a little bit more special and a little bit more comfortable for me to come join because I like I like a challenge, and so it's exciting to come in and be new and be so far away and have that challenge. So it's just challenges on challenges. Yeah, well, very cool. And I guess one one quick question too: Have have you been to Charlottesville? Then did you go there when you were going back to Blacksburg, or have you not even been yet? Oh, uh, so we actually did a little recruit planned um, trip. So we got about ten ten or twelve guys from the class of twenty one committed class from all around the country. Dudes from Tennessee, Virginia, Texas, um, Georgia, all the all the way around the country. We we all flew out there. Some guys drove, and we all met up in Charlottesville, toured campus together, and got to know each other. And so, I don't know if you know, but LSU just copied us. Oh, really? Okay. Hey, if, <laughs> if you're doing something that you're actually setting the precedent for LSU, that's impressive in itself, right there. So. <laughs> Well, well, hey, so it sounds good that you're going to Virginia, and I knew that you were going to end up uh, at a Division One school, obviously, based on how the recruiting was going and uh, the fact that you're such a great natural-born leader and just an all-around good guy and got the GPA and everything. But let's talk a little bit about high school football still, or if, if there is any high school football to be played this year. And we just talked about it during the last segment. Obviously, you are a part of the Student Athletes of Washington, or SAW, I know you and a bunch of the other guys all went down to, to Olympia last week to petition and to uh, march on the steps there and to let them know that you want to have a fall football season still. Uh, what went into that decision for you, and how do you think the the march down to Olympia went last week? I think it was a very positive experience for me and everyone else, uh, especially the government as well, getting to hear the voices of the youth. I think a lot of our voices are overlooked in this decision um, as – a lot of our guys, they're younger. That's 14, 15 year old kids. Um, but that doesn't mean we aren't mature enough to help make these decisions. And so our whole point of coming down there was to basically voice our opinion and say, look, Hey, I think it's today. It's 39 States officially are playing high school sports. And why can't we be one of those States? I think half the States have more cases and half the States have less cases than us that are playing. So we're dead smack in the middle and there's, we have the resources and the ability and the time to do so. Why can't we do that? And I think our, our rally re- went really well. We're having a forum tomorrow with some officials from around the state. 
uh, to try and push that and continue to write our narrative and make sure that our voices are heard. It's good to have the voice heard, but what do you hope to ultimately accomplish? Do you do you foresee a situation to where Governor Inslee or others in Olympia might look at this and go, "Yeah, these students they they've they're they're well represented. They've they've gathered well. They've got all these signatures. Maybe we re- need to reevaluate this." I mean, is there a chance that have they given you any kind of any kind of indication that this could still be opened up and and reevaluated to where we might get football sooner than later? Or what have you heard in terms of feedback? We have gotten a lot of positive feedback. We've actually spoken with some representatives of uh, Governor Inslee who have said that he he supports the movement. There's a lot of funky details to work out, and obviously we understand that, that this is a tricky time. Um, a lot is going on in the world right now, and so this just adds to his plate. Um, but it is something that I think that the point of our protest was to basically come and say, instead of saying, you, 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 um, it, it, our protest was basically saying, how can we help? How can we assist you in this? Because we ultimately all, all are in this together. And so it, it comes down to what we can do as young student athletes and as future leaders to help the governor and the government um, further this process and using our, our First Amendment to go out and speak for what we want and need. We were talking to Ryland Spencer uh, during the last segment. I don't know if you were listening or not, but he mentioned Julian Simon from down on Olympia, who's already or down in Lincoln, already signed to go to USC, is going to opt out and not play in the spring. Where do you stand on that? Is that I mean, Coach Leone might be listening right now, so I don't want to get you in too much trouble here. But <laughs> certainly, having already signed to go play at a Division One school, knowing that come fall of 2021, you want to be ready to go and you want to be ready to play back in, in Virginia. Is that a consideration for you at this point? Is that something that you may or may not have to reevaluate over the next few months? Are you fully committed to, to being a Wildcat at Archbishop Murphy in the spring? Where where do you stand right now? I'm fully committed to be a Wildcat. I will not be early enrolling at the University of Virginia. Uh, I I feel I owe it to my brothers to finish this this final season out, this, whether it be in the fall or the spring. Hopefully it's in the fall, fingers crossed. Um, but I owe it to them because they've had my back for the past, even even beyond high school, six, seven years. So um, I, I think this is kind of – I've got to give back and do what I can to help this team go out and win one final ring before I hang up my cleats and move on to the next phase of my life. You have no idea how happy that just made me to hear that. Looking forward to seeing you play in the spring, hopefully, and definitely want to be able to to watch you get back out there for, for Murphy. Hey, uh, I did want to ask also about in terms of keeping in shape and, and trying to stay ready because you, you, you think about the games that are lost, but so much of the preparation that goes into it. Obviously, there were no summer camps this year, and I think you went down to California for a camp last year, if I recall, and you're not able to practice with your teammates. and. Come February, come March, when we get ready to play football, is that a concern on your part, not only for you individually, but for your teammates as well? Is It's going to be so different this year, and obviously we still have a lot of restrictions in place as to how we can get together and how we can train with one another. What are your concerns as far as that, that is going forward? I think being in shape is a big concern. I mean, myself personally, I've been doing as much as possible to stay fit, to stay in shape. I've put on a good nine pounds um, this off season, so I'm well, so have I. But yours is probably better, better suited for football <laughs> than mine, right? Oh lord, it's it's the food, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I, I, it 
really comes down to who's going to be in the best shape because I know a lot of guys right now um, from other schools who are just sitting doing nothing. And so it's, it honestly comes down to the work ethic and the, the effort and the want to be out there and get that work in. And so I think we've got some great opportunities that have been presented to us to go work. I don't know how familiar you are with Tyee Sevens. Um, big shout-out to my guy, Milton Hopkins from O'Day, for yeah. setting that up. Good. I'm glad you brought um, that up. Thank you. Yeah, he, he's done an amazing job of making sure that we're all, from the offensive standpoint, all the teams are still getting reps and getting in their playbooks and making sure everything's good. So I, I, there's opportunities. I, I know COVID's difficult, but push-ups are free 99. Sit-ups are free 99. So it, it, it honestly just comes down to the will and the want. And I think that a lot of our, our guys at Archbishop Murphy have that will and want, and I think we're going to come out strong, at, whether it be in the fall or the spring. Well, Josh, we certainly thank you for your time, and it's always great talking with you. We look forward to hopefully talking more about you and with you come springtime. And, hey, uh, nice job representing our community, too. I think uh, just in terms of how you and so many of those other players went down there so professionally and uh, just very well represented. Again, I, I've, I'm kind of on the fence about this. I'm going to be honest. I, I like to err on the side of being cautious during all of this, so I, I still am not sure. I'm committed to wanting everybody back out on the football fields right away until I know it's safe, so I, I respect the fact that I think everybody is looking at this open-mindedly and, and, and knows that we don't. We all know that we don't have all the answers yet, so everybody's kind of looking in that direction, but certainly uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you about it, uh, and I wish you all the best, and hey, congratulations on the Virginia commitment. I think that they are getting one heck of a ball player, and, and even even finer student-athletes. So uh, congratulations to you on that, and we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. That is Josh McCarron from Archbishop Murphy High School. Everett Herald Defensive Player of the Year 2019. And, and he uh, was a Russell Hill Athlete of the Month? He was. It was indeed. Was he? I guess he was here. Was he not? Now I'm, now I'm confused. I don't know. I <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> He'll probably he get one be, this year he if he's will. playing football. I can tell you that. He is one heck of a, a ball player, and uh, yeah, he certainly makes them a lot better, and I the fact that he said, hey, I'm not going to leave my brothers. I want to play yeah. one more season. That's what football is all about. I loved hearing that answer. Right. We will take a break and come back. We'll hear from Jordy Brysich from the University of Rhode Island. The Rams. Next, KRKL Prep Sports Weekly. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanley. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800 Law 0842. 
Put on your wings and capes for the virtual Fly Away 5K presented by the Bothell Kenmore Chamber and the City of Kenmore, September 12th and 13th. Friends, families, kids, and even pets can run or walk a 5K or a 1K on a trail in their neighborhood or even on a treadmill, raising money for the many programs the Chamber supports in the community. Wear your costumes, share your pictures, and have some socially distant fun for a good cause. The virtual Fly Away 5K. Sign up online at BothellKenmoreChamber.org. The all-new Kendall Ford of Marysville is shifting the customer experience and buying a vehicle. It turns out you really can get a straightforward deal without playing any of the old car shopping games. While the Kendall name may be new to Marysville, as a family-owned company serving the Northwest for over 80 years, we put our focus on treating customers more like a member of the family. Our job is to help you find the right vehicle that fits your needs and your budget. At the all-new Kendall Ford of Marysville, you'll find clearly posted prices on each vehicle that actually match the prices you'll find on the website. It's just a simple way we can be transparent with our customers. No games. If you're ready for a simple, straightforward way to buy a vehicle that feels more like a partnership, shop a fantastic selection of new and used vehicles at the all-new Kendall Ford of Marysville. No games, no pressure, no kidding. Stop by today on Auto Row on Smoky Point Boulevard and online at KendallFordMarysville.com. Kendall. Let's start something great. Are the kids in all this sheltering in place stuff driving you crazy? Well, good news. The Buzz Inn is open again for dine-in. The whole family loves the Buzz Inn. And once again, you can dine-in. Choose from hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. And as always, the Buzz Inn is taking extra care to ensure the safety of their employees and their guests. So pack the whole family in the car and get out of the house and into the Buzz Inn. That is unless you want to cook at home some more. Very funny. The Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Always a great deal on a great meal. This may be a guess, Steve, that's as far away as we can actually be in the continental U.S. Well, I didn't know you'd start there. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to say I'm gonna say no. Okay. We're, we're going we're gonna to go to I'll Rhode Island right now. Rhode Island, which I would think Florida would be a little bit further away from us, being in the southeast Could corner be. of the United States. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah, not exactly right down the street, if that's what you're implying. And yes. you, you would be correct. We're going to now talk to Jordy Brasich. Uh, Bryce, it's Jordy was a three-sport athlete at Jackson High School, class of 2017, I believe. Uh, we remember him as being a quarterback for the uh, Timberwolves. He was the point guard for the basketball team. Also was a pretty darn good golfer, and that's what he's doing now, Division One at the University of Rhode Island. Jordy, Bryce, it's, how are you tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, abs- oh, um, I'm happy to be back on. Absolutely. Good to talk to you and good to catch up. And like Tom said, uh, you're not exactly a hop, skip, and a jump away. So we're going to get there in just a moment. I'd like to find out how you ended up in Rhode Island because last <laughs> time we talked, you were just right down the street at PLU or what seems like down the street, comparatively speaking. So we'll get to that. But first, I, I think we need to start talking a little bit about the fact that you're still playing sports. You're, you're a golfer and uh, you had a pretty darn good tournament Last month in August, we're so used to now talking about sports being shut down and quarantined and athletes waiting to, to play for a few more months. You, on the other hand, uh, played in the Northwest Open Invitational Pro Tourney uh, back in Walla Walla, and you took third place out of 168 golfers. Congratulations on that. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. I was looking at a list earlier today of some of the previous winners of this tournament, and it, there's some impressive names on there, some recognizable names, even for a guy like me who's not necessarily a golf aficionado. I think Freddie Couples has won this thing a couple of times. Rick Fair. Mm. I know there's a few others, too. Uh, you came awfully darn close. You finished two strokes off. I did, yeah. I knew you were a good golfer. I didn't realize you were that good of a golfer. Have you gotten progressively better since we talked a couple of years ago? Or uh, oh, was yeah, this to be definitely. expected? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it, uh, kind of playing uh, one sport like a whole year has definitely uh, been an advantage uh, throughout college so far the last three and a half coming on four years. Uh, it was kind of tough in high school playing golf only four months a year. It was just kind of the the start up in in May when school gets out and you'll go till I don't know end of August till September when when football starts back up. So I wouldn't really touch a club till that season starts. But definitely seen a lot of progression in my game uh, since getting to college. I've had a lot of good coaches and I think just being around like guys that are that are really really good have just kind of elevated my game that much more and. You know, I'm trying to do the best I can, so it's good to kind of end the summer with a tournament like that. Well, when we had you on a couple of years ago, you, in fact, you were the guinea pig for the three-sport athlete talking about that. Would you trade all that in, knowing that, hey, playing one sport, I can be really, really good really, really soon? Never, never. I, I, I'm always, uh, I always say that you've got to play as many sports as you can growing up. I think every sport, no matter what you play, complements another one. Um, you know how I mean it can't get much different than than playing football or, or and, and playing golf, but uh, uh, definitely each each sport has kind of you know um, built my overall kind of skill set as an athlete, not just a golfer. And um, so, I think that's kind of you know helped me out a while or helped me out a lot this uh, these last four years. So I want to take you back to last month again because this was a real eye popper for me because. I don't know a lot about the tournament or a lot about this particular event, but again, mm -hmm. professionals playing in it. I know some of the guys that finished right around the, where you were in the scoring, a lot of pro golfers, a lot of uh, folks who are, I think, the golf pros at their local country clubs and whatnot. So what, mm -hmm. did, what did you know about it going in, and what were the expectations? Did you think you would be in contention? So, yeah, I always think I'm in contention. Uh, uh, I mean, i got to kind of have that mindset if I'm going to you know, go to a tournament of that kind of magnitude and, and that far away from home in, uh, in Eastern Washington over in Wine Valley. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, it was, it was only the third tournament I got to play in the summer. I only got to play three just cause you know, everything, all the tournaments kind of opened back up in August. So, uh, kind of was unsure what I was able to play in when I wasn't during the summer, but, um, but yeah, definitely. I, I knew, I, I knew it was going to be a tough field, uh, especially being a pro professional event. Um, but you know, I just, I kind of, I had a little mindset change. I, I Played in the stadium at Chambers Bay, didn't play as well as I wanted to, and kind of just went to a mindset uh, at Wine Valley um, to just kind of go out there and just play my game and, and be more aggressive. I, I think it was just, you know, uh, it, at Chambers I was kind of hesitant with some shots and, um, you know, wasn't really, like, comfortable out there. But when I got to Wine Valley, I just – my dad was caddying for me and he kind of told me just to let it fly, and, and I think that's why I saw so much success. So what was the format of the tournament and how many days, how did that work out? So it was only two rounds. Um, it was two days. Uh, it was like, I don't know, I think I had the morning tea time on uh, on the first day and then a little afternoon tea time on the second day. So it kind of was to my advantage that I got the afternoon time uh, the second day because they didn't, um, usually in golf tournaments for the final round, they'll uh, you know kind of reshuffle the, the tea sheet based on scores, but they didn't do that. But luckily, I was kind of in the afternoon wave, so I could kind of see where the leaderboard was at. 
Um, just, you know, uh, in, when I, in case I came into concussion, which I did kind of come to the end there, um, just to kind of see what I needed to do. And actually, I was in the same group as me. He was uh, one of the guys who was, was co-leading for for a majority of the tournament. So kind of he kind of got to set the pace for me, and it was, uh, it was, it was kind of glad that, that that was the case. So who won it? <laughs> uh, Nathan Cogswell. Uh, really good amateur. Goes to Seattle U. Um, I think he's a year or two younger than me, but yeah, great, great player. Well, I noticed that Nathan had a 68 on the first day, as did you, so you were both four under. You shot another 68. He shot a 66. Do you – well, first I guess I should start off. Were you tied for first going into the final round, or did somebody shoot better than 68? So, actually, I shot uh, I shot 69 the first day and then 67 the Oh, they the cheated you on the scoreboard then. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I knew uh, what was – the, the tough thing out there was like 105 degrees like both days so it was kind of, it was it was it was a struggle like weather wise i mean obviously it was sunny so i didn't have to complain about the rain but it was hot out there so in you know, the first round uh i all i kind of wanted to do was just get myself in a spot to where i could just go at it on the on the final round and, and try and go low um but yeah i knew that i wanted to shoot something to 60 the first round just to kind of set up the second round um I had a feeling, I'd going into it, I had a feeling like something close to 10 under for the two rounds would win. Um, just kind of looking at some of the scores from the previous years. And uh, I knew I had to go low if I, if I wanted to win. So it was good to, that the shot three under the first round to kind of set myself up again for that second round. And, and when you're at a tournament like that, do you, I mean, again, we're, we're used to watching the Masters where there's these big, huge scoreboards at, the, at each hole. And as people walk up the fairway, they can look over and see where they're at in terms of, contention with others do you know any of that or is anybody kind of feeding you hey nathan's playing really well ahead of you or such and such behind you just double bogeyed do you hear any of that or yeah so i guess with those tournaments especially with kind of with covid and what's going on um usually they'll have like uh people taking down scores every like three holes four holes but i think they really wanted to get like you know on time live uh up-to-date stats uh what was going on so you actually one person or or you kind of switch off in the group. You actually just enter scores on your phone like as you go for the whole group, so it immediately goes to the website. So anyone watching has live scoring just because there's they can't have a representative out with with every group because there's just there'd be too many people. So when you put in the scores, you kind of can check and see kind of what uh, place you're in. So I actually didn't really know in that that fun around. I didn't really know where I was at until kind of like the the last five or four holes or so. Um, I, I, I had a number in my head. I thought I'd have to shoot maybe 65, 66 to have a chance. Um, and I got to a hot start there at the, the beginning of the second round. And it was tough that I couldn't, couldn't finish it out like I started, but I mean, uh, I still played well and I was proud of myself. So how many golfers were behind you? So in, in other words, you have to post a score and then hang out and wait. Basically. Yeah. So I think Nathan was behind me. So I think I finished up and he probably had four holes left so i think the the big thing that came was i was on i was on 17 feet and i was i think eight under for the tournament so i was five under for the round um yeah on 17 feet uh so i knew i was two back um and out there like there's a lot of birdies out there uh wine valley so i knew i kind of had to be aggressive probably not on a pin i shouldn't have went at on 17 uh, ended up hitting the bunker making bogey um so I kind of cut my chances a little bit, but I was able to birdie the the last hole, at least set a number. So I was I was basically I was in the I had the clubhouse lead technically coming in for a while. Uh, Nathan made a couple birdies coming in, uh, like on the start of his back nine to get to ten. So when I finished, uh, he was still ahead of me, but again he had like three four holes left, so anything could have happened. But 
like props to him. He he really closed it out. I think he was bogey free the final round too, so there was no waiver in there. So looking here, Nathan finishes first. He's an amateur. You finished tied mm-hmm. for third. You're an amateur. You paid an entry fee to get into this thing. How, how much money would you have won, or does this pain you to even look at? Would you have finished yeah. in the money, and how does that work? I mean, as an amateur, do you do they at least give you part of your fee back because you finished so well, or do you not even get yeah. that? Yeah, so we get we so amateurs get pro shop credit. Um, so whenever I go back there, I'll be able to, to use it. Um, yeah, I, I did look at kind of what um, the the purse was if for the professionals. Um, obviously, like I I I've been an amateur for so long, and I've played in so many tournaments in these last few summers that I, I kind of know what was going on. But again, like I wasn't really worried about the prize or anything. I just kind of wanted to win. I wanted to test myself and see how how, how well I could. Com- do like competing against the, the professionals in the tournament. So now I kind of hit my goal of at least uh, contending for the lead and, and, and give myself a chance to win. But yeah, I, I did look at the numbers and it, it would have been nice if I was professional, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll stay an amateur as long as I can. Gives you something to strive for when you become a pro someday. And one, exactly. one other question I did want to ask, and you kind of already answered it, but I know that your dad, Jerry, was one of your caddies. Did I see Billy Sullivan's name too? I think Marcus's yeah. brother, who you used to play, or dad that used to play with. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you, had, uh, he, you had some local ties there helping you out along the way, which is nice. Yeah, he caddied me at uh, Chambers Bay in the stadium the week before, and uh, he's been he's uh, he's a he's a member at uh, Mill Creek Country Club with, with me, so we got to play a, a bunch of rounds together this summer, and he's caddied me a couple times before, and again, like he's known me a long time, so he kind of knows like how to settle me down. He's he's really good, like the mental side of things, um, and and. At Chambers, the the front nine all three days, I I played really really poorly, and it it helped to have him to have Bill on the back uh, for the back nines to kind of to kind of push me forward and, and kind of keep me level headed um, to finish. And I kind of took what Bill was talking about, um, kind of mentally and and just kind of what to think about coming up with uh, like the la- like finishing a tournament, for example. Um, and I kind of took that into Wine Valley, and and of course, like my dad and I have a, have a great relationship, and. And he, he knows kind of when I need to, we'd be pushed or, you know, when I need to just kind of he make like make a little joke and, and kind of calm me down or do something like that. But, yeah, it was nice to have both of them on the, the bag for the last two weeks of the summer. And, and really, you know, I watch a lot of golf on, on the weekends. And you know, the bones and the fluffs and all those guys, they're really important to those big, the high rolling pros, aren't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's crazy amount of amount of work they, they put in. Um, Especially on tour, like the the professional caddies, they they put in a lot of research for every tournament. I mean, like it, they're they're basically the guys like right hand man. So I mean, anything they need uh, or anything that the professional needs, the caddies got to supply for them. So and again, like that's why I kind of like having like if if I ever have a caddy, it's either like one of my really close buddies or someone that knows me really well uh, mentally, because you know it's it's sometimes tough out there. It gets frustrating. Uh, it's nice to have somebody kind of keep. You level-headed, so again, like it was great to have them on the bag the last two weeks. And besides the fact that they're carrying around a travel trailer on their back too, right? Oh, exactly. It's nice <laughs> to, to take the load off for a couple weeks too. Well, you, you're an amateur, <laughs> but your dad and Bill aren't. Do they get a little cash for uh, for you finishing top three, or no? No, no, <laughs> no. take him out to lunch or something. But. Yeah, nice, very nice. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk. Hey, thank a little... you, though. No, absolutely, very cool that they do that with you. And let's yeah. talk a little bit about where you are now, because again. You went down to PLU right out of high school. I, I know you had quite a few accomplishments down there playing for the Lutes. Uh, had mm-hmm. a couple of nice years. What brought on the change to go D1 and to go so far back as to uh, travel all the way to Rhode Island for school? Oh, the biggest thing for me was uh, just kind of I wanted to experience something. I mean, outside of golf, I kind of want to put myself in a situation where, like, 
like for example, I kind of wanted to travel outside of Washington. Don't get me wrong, I love Seattle, I love Washington, but I want to put myself in an environment that was just really different. Tacoma kind of felt a little too close to home for me, and it sucked because I love my team, I love my coaches, and, and uh, like I told my parents, and when I had to tell those guys individually that I was transferring, that might have been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, again, like I love those guys; those guys will be friends for life, and, and I'm glad I kept such strong relationships with them and the coaches there. Um, I just wanted to kind of get a change of scenery. Um, I knew I wanted to do it too. Um, uh, kind of, it was, it was pretty late, sprung on pretty late in the, in the sophomore year. Um, it was honestly right after the last tournament we played for PLU and I kind of was talking to my parents about it. And I just kind of wanted to change. Um, so yeah, <laughs> randomly, uh, uh, my dad's buddy, um, uh, uh, went to Rhode Island. Uh, so he kind of suggested it again. Like I, I wanted to transfer and, and it was in May of my sophomore year. So it was really late. And, and I was lucky that the coach, our coach Burke uh, here at Rhode Island, like got back to me. Um, and it was, it was funny the the timeline was basically, I emailed him like a week before uh, school finished uh, my sophomore year. Um, he said, great. Like, uh, I'd love to have you. I'm looking for a guy in your class. Uh, and again, that was really rare for, for me coming in as a junior and, and how late everything was. Um, and I was, I probably, yeah. So I was like a week before I finished school at PLU, uh, finished my last final. I drove home. I was probably home for 30 minutes. Uh, me and my dad got to the airport, took a red eye to Rhode Island, went on a visit for two days, uh, flew all the way back. And then I think I committed like about a week after. So it all happened pretty fast. There, there wasn't really a, uh, a long kind of process and plan that went into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm really happy I'm here and, and it's been a great fit for me. Tell us about Rhode Island, the school. I'm, I'm just picturing it's all ivy-covered buildings. <laughs> I wish it was like that. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a couple, uh, uh, there's a couple spots. So basically the whole campus is on a, a big hill, a lot of colonial-style buildings, like not, nothing you really see uh, on the West Coast. So that's why it was cool for me because, you know, everywhere we go, everywhere we travel, um, it's, it's totally different for me. And I'd been to Boston as a kid. But uh, but yeah, it's it's very colonial style. A lot of a lot of like tall, like kind of old fashioned like buildings. But you know they they have a lot of new buildings as well. But it's uh it's a pretty cool campus. It's and again the the state's so small. Like everywhere you are, you're you're basically on the water too. So it's there's some pretty cool views out here as well. Now I know your junior year got interrupted with with COVID. I, the, what mm-hmm. the Atlantic Ten is the conference you play in. I think mm-hmm. the the championships got canceled. Correct in April. Yeah. So yeah, you, our whole basically our whole season did. Yeah. Now, however, right. you still had some some bright spots there. I know that you. Uh, I was reading this. Talk a little bit about the president's uh, special recognition award that you and your teammates got. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, um, that was kind of the, the highlight of the spring, uh, and actually the whole year. Um, we uh, our whole team we, we finished uh, with a GPA above three point five, um, and we got the president's award. Um, I think it's only second time in. Uh, I don't know if it's team history, but or if it's definitely the second time as since my coach has been uh, at Rhode Island that, that it's happened. So it was a really big deal. Um, again, like coach always stresses how how important academics are, um, and I think that kind of shows with the with the award we got. But that was pretty cool uh, recognition we got, and, I, and I'm proud of you know myself and all the other guys for for working so hard because especially when we went online halfway through the spring, that might have been one of the toughest things that, that any of us have had to go through, especially other professors, you know, like no one was really prepared for what happened. So, you know, to finish the semester with, with as good of a, a GPA as we did is, is something to be proud of. You say we, but it was also, I know you had a, a, an above 3.5 as well personally, right? 
mm-hmm. and you're a yeah, finance major, so that's impressive. So what yeah. does the future hold for you in that regard? What do you want to do after? Because you're a senior this year, so what are you looking am, for yeah. in the future? So uh, luckily, um, since our spring got canceled, uh, we got uh, granted an extra year of eligibility, so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take that fifth-year option next year. So I'll be able to start grad school on scholarship, which will be really, really nice. Um, again, like it, it's, it, it sucks that our season got canceled in the spring, but at least I could kind of take a positive out of it and, uh, and gaining that fifth year and be able to kind of pursue a, a higher education well, as well as, as playing as well. Um, but yeah, it's the way that kind of my credits transferred as well. Um, my whole senior year, I have a majority of my finance classes. So I'll really be able to see kind of what I want to do after this. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm studying hard. I'm I'm really kind of paying attention to the ins and outs of, of finance and, and trying to really figure out what I want to do. Um, and then like, again, like I keep trying to work hard and uh, with golf and kind of see where that takes me as well. But I, I definitely don't want to, you know, keep, you know, just plan A of playing golf or plan A of just getting a job. You know, I want to I want to go, uh, um, you know, full effort of both things for for the last you know two three years I have left of school. So that's kind of my plan for for school and after that now i always like to ask golfers a two-part question coolest place you've played course you played and the bucket list course that you'd like to play and you can't say augusta national Ooh, i can't say augusta no no okay um coolest place you've played so far okay coolest place i've played uh i've played the holly once uh that was pretty cool um, we did a place in, in Rhode Island, uh, it's called shelter Harbor. We got to play that actually, uh, me and a, a couple of my teammates got a, a job at, and, uh, they, they filmed, uh, I think right before Tiger Woods became a, a tailor-made athlete, they filmed all their tailor-made commercials there. And, and that's a pretty prestigious and really nice course. But if I had to come down to it, I think I'd say Sahawi, uh, just with, with all the history out there and, and, and how nice it is and how good of a shape it's in. That was, that was really cool to be able to play it. Um, and bucket list course, um, I think I gotta, I think I gotta go St. Andrews. I, I gotta, oh. I, I really want to experience, uh, you know, the wind and, uh, and, and that link style golf, but yeah, I mean, you couldn't say Augusta. So I mean, it kind of, <laughs> it's Augusta tough. really number one, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's gotta be or pebble. It's gotta be. Yeah, or Pebble. Actually, yeah, that's that's true you can't too. Really I, go wrong I, with any of those three, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll I mean, take you any of them. Name courses. Yeah, you keep naming courses. <laughs> Pretty solid list right there. So yeah. what does school look like right now? I know where um, you, you mentioned to me when I was trying to set up this interview, you do have a class in the morning. So are, is mm-hmm. it virtual or are you actually attending classes right now in Rhode Island? What what does that look like? So uh, basically, I think it depends kind of what um, major you're in. Um, I'm, it's, I think because I have a lot of senior classes, uh, the class size are a lot smaller um, just because, you know, as you, as you get up in age, the, uh, the classes are getting smaller. So I actually have a lot of in-person classes. I don't have any any uh, virtual online classes, but um, all four of my courses um, are only like you know one or two days a week in person, and the rest is just like online assignments. It's no Zoom Zoom call. It's just kind of online assignments we have to f- f- finish. Um, but most of my teammates are are online doing virtual stuff, so I'm kind of the only one on campus. But Again, when I'm on campus, I'm trying to, you know, be as smart as possible and, and wearing my mask everywhere and, and throwing hand sanitizer in my bag. Keeping you all spread out, too, in the in the classroom, I would assume? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, there's there's all the classes I have, like, are only they're, – they're, like, 20 to 30 people, but they put us in the lecture halls that, that seat, you know, three to 400 kids just so you're really spread out. Um, they only they have bands around the seats you're allowed to, to sit in, and then, uh, you know, one at a time after every class you have to walk up and, and – uh, 
grab some sanitizing tools and sanitize where you've been. And then, and then, you know, um, when you exit, you know, you can only exit out one door, enter one door and, and make sure everyone's six feet apart. So, you know, hope they're trying to do everything they can. Uh, again, like it's, it's, it's tough. It's no one's ever experienced any, anything like this. So, you know, hopefully we can keep going like we're doing, but I know all the teachers and, um, and professors and, and, you know, faculty are all prepared. If something, hopefully not, if something happens, um, we'll all be able to go virtually probably a little smoother than did last time. But, uh, but yeah, again, like I'm just trying to be as smart as possible. And, and if I have to be there, I'm, I'm going to be there. But yeah. And if you don't think it's strange for like Steve and I, no f- Friday night football games, no Husky game, no nothing. I know. I know. We, I was watching, I was just watching the, the, the first quarter, the first part of the, the Chiefs game before, before I came on the, fun with you and, and i mean they have fans but it just didn't it just didn't feel like like football it's weird it, it kind of it was just a timing anyway the, the first week of the nfl season always kind of sneaks up on you but it's just it's a little it's a little different now so but uh, yeah i saw like high school football's moved to the spring right in, in washington it is yeah, yeah. starting in yeah. march and going through their beginning of part of may for the playoffs yeah wow Hey, so my final question for you then, so looking ahead to the golf season, assuming that we have one, um, what would be the ultimate realistic goal for you as far as what you'd like to achieve at Rhode Island this year in terms of maybe individual scores, tournaments, Atlantic 10 championships? I don't know if NCAAs are, if that's a realistic goal or not. What do you kind of have on your list for things you'd like to accomplish in the next nine or ten months? Um, I think, you know, personally, I've worked, really really hard this summer and and with with uh you know with everything going on it was it was tough to to get out to practice but i really made it a um kind of a goal of mine to get there get out there as much as i can and it was i was glad to to see some success at the end of the uh the summer there so i really want to build off that that's why it was tough that we didn't have a fall season because i i kind of felt like i was i was starting to peak at a really good time for the fall so you know the biggest thing for me is to stay ready um you know even in the winter time when when i come home you know, practice as much as I can. Uh, once we start getting to the tournaments, uh, I'd love to have uh, a scoring average. Anything under par would 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 be great for me. Um, stay consistently in the lineup. Um, you know, I I would love to break through and try and get my first college win. And uh, you know, when we get to A10s, you know, I I, I really think there's um there's there's something our team wants to prove, and I think we can. Uh, I think we were able to do that this year. That's why it's such a bummer the the fall got canceled because we had a we had a group of guys right now that are really really good and and really hungry for to win. So. You know, if we, I think we can win the Atlantic 10 championships and then, uh, you know, hopefully move up to the NCAA tournament from there. But I think we all have some high expectations. So hopefully we have a spring so we can try and meet them. Well, right now we're just hoping we get to the point where you can actually go for those goals and go for those <laughs> those yeah. championships. So, Jordy Brysich, uh, always good to talk with you. Again, Jordy from Jackson High School, former starting quarterback, former starting point guard, great golfer, now golfing for the University of Rhode Island, the Rams. Jordy, uh, congratulations on all you've been able to accomplish and best of luck this year. And who knows, maybe we'll try to catch up with you in the springtime sometime and find out how things are going. For sure. Thanks, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope, hope everything's doing well for you guys. There you go. That is Jordy Brysich from Rhode Island. A long, long ways away. We never <laughs> did. We haven't decided how far. We're going to have to get out our protractors and all that stuff. <laughs> you, you go with the protractor. I'm going to go ahead and just GPS it. I'll, uh, I'll see how that goes. Much much quicker process. But, yeah, regardless, Jordy, uh, I'm sure getting ready for bed as we speak right now as it's now 11.20 p.m. there. And uh, a long ways away, but doing very well. And it, exciting for him. Like he said, he wanted to just try something different and to get away for a while. And, hey, this, this is the time in your life to do it, right? So it sounds like he's uh, all is going well. 
Prep Sports Weekly tonight brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood, by the Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lund, Buzz in Steakhouse, the law office of Russell Hill, and by Screen Printing Northwest. And who did we have on the show tonight? On the show tonight, we had Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps, followed up by Josh McCarron from Archbishop Murphy's football team, soon to be a University of Virginia football player. And then we wrapped it up with Jordy Brysich, a golfer for Ro- the University of Rhode Island, the Rams. Very cool. And we got lots of plans, right, coming up in the next couple of weeks? We do. There, Like we said, there's still going to be plenty to talk about, obviously. We've got uh, – the sports aren't actually happening right now, but news keeps breaking. And we're going to still try to spotlight some of these athletes and coaches and find out where they're at and how they're doing and what they're up to and just have a lot of fun with the show. That is Steve Willis. I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO.
the game celebration songs that can help you escape a calm in the middle of a storm krjo